On today's news episode, we discuss new food options coming to Disney Springs, Disney Plus bundle options announced, and Galaxy's Edge reservations are open, and more. This is episode 217 of the Capture the Magic podcast. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Capture the Magic Vacations. Disney World and Universal Studios are some of the best vacation destinations in the world, but that doesn't mean that they're easy to plan for. Without proper planning, your long-awaited trip can quickly become overwhelming and essentially a nightmare, and your family will probably hate you along the way. That's where Capture the Magic Vacations can help. They take care of everything from hotel bookings, park tickets, fast pass planning, dining reservations, and special, even special ticketed events planning for you. Uh, there is no charge you've using their services, so head on over to CaptureTheMagicVacations.com backslash magic and request a quote with the promo code CTMP, and you will receive a free gift with your vacation booking. So again, that's CaptureTheMagicVacations.com backslash magic, and the promo code is CTMP. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. My name is Jared Lee, and I am joined again with uh, our, I guess, our, our special guest or whatever, filling in for Jamie for as long as she's on maternity leave as she would like, Mr. Jeremy Stein from the Main Street Ma- Magic Podcast. So, Jeremy, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad I haven't been fired yet, so I'm back. Not yet. You know, it's, uh, you can read, so it helps, you know. It's <laughs> like, that's, that was the only requirement. <laughs> it's like, you remember you texted me one day, you're like, you can read, right? You can like, read. Yeah, yeah, I can. You're like, okay, then I need something for Yeah. Me. Well, it also helps we also have another show we do, so it's not too yes. difficult to just fire up the stuff we do and, and get it going there. So For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so Jeremy actually, I, I should say, I'm I'm jealous in this. Like, he got to go to the cast member previews with my dad. So Jeremy was, uh, I think he was, he, you had to use my name the whole time, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, but yeah, he got to go check out Galaxy's Edge a little bit early. So we don't want to spoil anything. Obviously, we will cover all this stuff in the, in the coming weeks. But what would you, like, if you had to put it up in, like, one or two words about Galaxy's Edge, how would you kind of sum it up? Oh, man. I, I would say uh, amazing and detailed would probably be, like, the two words. Okay. Um, yeah. And the detail is amazing. So yeah. Those, those go together nicely. But, yeah, yeah I, was, I was very fortunate that I got the chance to go and, and – um, and see everything so they're they're i will say i think they're doing a really good job with these previews leading up so um, yeah i haven't heard any complaint i mean i know when pandora opened there was it, it seemed like it was just a mess the whole time it was and yeah. uh this seems much more it, it doesn't seem as hectic i suppose is the way to put it no i mean like pandora we had i remember when we did pandora we had a um what the time slots were less i think i think they were well, then maybe, maybe maybe there were three hours, but like when we went, we immediately got what was considered a fast pass for um, flight of passage. But I know groups after us, flight of passage went down, and yeah. they never even got to ride it during the preview. You know, and with Pandora, you literally got to ride flight of passage once. You turned in your little ticket, that was it. You know, this is much more open, where you can ride the Millennium Falcon ride as many times as you can fit in, and so, um, and it's just it's a very vast land. Um, I know that people said, well, not that people said, this is a factual thing, but that this is the biggest land ever, and it's the biggest expansion. It makes it makes Pandora look like my backyard. 
Um, yeah. As far as actual overall size, it's crazy. I knew it was big. I just didn't know it was that huge. That's kind of the the gist I got from people, even at Disneyland. They were saying yeah. just the sheer size of it all because they built so much of it up to scale so it's yes. just like it's so big it's bigger than you think like you know because pandora has a lot of sort of there's some things that are more visual um uh, make things seem bigger than they are and yeah. I, I guess with star wars or galaxy's edge they literally just made them bigger so yeah yeah, yeah. I, I heard the same thing yeah that's the thing i mean pandora is not that big of a land so no. to know i mean i'm glad the galaxy's edge is, is big and obviously when it has two rides in there I'm sure the crowds will be dispersed a little bit better and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, which we'll be talking about today. They released some reservations yesterday, and we were able to nap up a whole bunch on opening day. So, um, for those of you in Club 32, and you will be able to, we're going to bring you live streams that whole week. But that opening day, we've got a whole, basically, the whole morning is filled up uh, with all sorts of things. So, yeah. And some of them we're going to do twice because we kind of figured we may need extra time to check it all out and, and kind of take it in so but like i said we'll talk about that here shortly uh so before we get to the news just want to remind you guys to check out some of the other shows on the caption magic network we have the Diz dudes which is every wednesday with jeremy and myself here and we do a live stream of that show every monday uh so if you want to be a part of the episodes and we do you know we'll, we'll jump into the live stream before we start recording probably sometimes it's 20 30 45 minutes of just kind of chatting with everybody and then and then we start recording so it's it's fun we look forward to it and it, it's always a good time so uh, if you want to be a part of that just head over to ctmvip.com uh then we have main street magic which is every tuesday and friday normally uh here lately obviously we've been switching the news episode in their in their friday show so uh that's with jeremy and his lovely wife Rhonda. And then we have Trip Tales and CTM at the movies on this channel. And Trip Tales, like we've said, a little bit of hiatus while Jamie's on maternity leave, but those will kick back up in September. And don't be surprised if that one probably goes out as own own feed here pretty soon, because I think Jamie said she's going to take it to like two episodes a month. Uh, so, and that one seems to be people like the the trip planning. So, yeah. And then we're going to do another CTM at the movies soon. I think the rumblings were, uh, what was it, Tower of Terror? Or Haunted yeah. Mansion, one of yeah. those two, maybe both, but maybe both. We got yeah. we got Halloween coming up. Maybe we get a. September That's true. Yeah, we could do that with Halloween. Yeah. Yep. Not to mention the which we'll discuss the Disney Plus things are all going to remake. Those might end up on C Team at the movies very soon because I don't know why they're needed. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, in case you haven't tuned a little bit here, so Jeremy will kind of. I'll, I'll give the captain chair over to Jeremy here. He'll kind of guide us through, and then I'll read the the news stuff, and then we'll just kind of discuss. As we see fit, if it if it warrants a little discussing, or we just may say that was some news, and, and there you go. So, Jeremy, take yeah. it away. I will. We have a lot of news this week, and a lot of it, it's great because it's, you know, I mean, a lot of it's coming, like, straight from Disney parks, <laughs> which a yeah. lot of times we don't always get, I feel like. But yeah. uh, first one, calling all grim, grinning ghosts. Celebrate all things Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World on August 9th. Yeah, it says, as you may have read yesterday, Disneyland is celebrating the 50th anniversary of the beloved Haunted Mansion with commemorative special anniversary merchandise. It says, we are excited to share, and this is from Disney Parks blog, we are excited to share today that this collection will also be available at Walt Disney World, where we will also be celebrating the anniversary on August 9th at Magic Kingdom Park. Celebratory merchandise and a themed treat will be available. Memento Mori, Ye Old Christmas Shop, and Frontier Trading Post are your key locations for these haunting must-haves. It says, make your way to Memento Mori to discover our brand new Host a Ghost collection from their Seance Circle, Madame Leota. I think I said that right. 
uh, invites the guests on of the Haunted Mansion to become caretakers to one of its 999 restless spirits. With a simple tap and a ghostly giggle, Leota, as the head spiritualist, will channel your spirit to materialize for you. She will, you will receive a death certificate that officiates your role of caretaker for a resident and happy haunt from the Haunted Mansion. Guests can choose from a selection of dearly departed souls, including Constance Hatchway, Professor Phineas Plump, the Hatbox Ghost, among and others. It says, uh, it says you can also find commemorative items such as an ear hat, ornament, mug, magnet, and even a toy replica of the Doom Buggy vehicle with glow and new sound features at Memento Mori. If you're looking to complete your cadaverous look, look uh, says keep an eye out for Pandora Charm Set, Alex and Annie Bracelet, Light Up Headband, and 50th Anniversary Apparel at this location. Uh, then we have at Yeo Christmas Shop, you can find Haunted Mansion-inspired Dooney and Burke collection, including a tote and cross body bag. And pass holders, uh, the collection will have an exclusive satchel just for you. Check that out. And, of course, there are also keepsakes for every type of collector. Check out our Frontier Trading Post for the most commemorative Day of Pin, Mystery Pin Collection, and a glow-in-the-dark Madame, Madame Leota Funko Pop. And it says, as, fa- as part of the celebration, you can enjoy special Disney Photo Pass magic shots featuring your favorite Haunted Mansion residents. They'll be sure to put some fright in your fun. Uh, they also have some treats as well. That uh, looks like some cupcakes. And yeah, so it says uh, guests of this special merchandise event at Liberty Square, all of the ghoulish goodies will be available for purchase at 7.45 a.m. Guests will also have early access to the Haunted Mansion attraction at Liberty Square during this time. It says, so hurry over and we would like your company. Uh, it says also that's not all. While all guests will have access to this merchandise starting with the special event on August 9th, guests attending Disney Villain After Hours event on August 8th will have access to certain items in advance. The Funko Pop pin, uh, excuse me, the Funko Pop pins and Dooney and Burke handbags will all release on the morning of August 9th and will not be available during Disney Villains After Hours. So, a lot of uh, Haunted Mansion stuff. Yeah, it looks it looks like cool stuff. I I like the Haunted Mansion stuff. Um, they, I, I, what I'll be interested in is if you remember last year they did the 25th anniversary of Nightmare Before Christmas and I went down for that event uh, which is very similar to this to get merchandise and um, I stood in line for like an hour and a half I bought way too much stuff and then it all seemed very very special and cl- inclusive to that day and then you went back like weeks later and there was still stuff so I think Haunted Mansion has a much bigger following I'm very interested to see if there's stuff that will will sell out and truly become collectible items or show up on ebay um yeah but because some of this stuff i'd love to get you know maybe maybe even if it's available when we're down there at the end of the month i mean there's a few of these items i'd love to pick up but i don't know how available they'll be or if if, it's so hard to tell with these you know disney does a really good job of making it seem like things are so so limited that everybody goes crazy and buys up as many as they can and then all of a sudden a week later you're walking around you know the emporium and you're like Wait a second. There's the Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary uh, ornament that was supposed to be so special. And you're like, huh? Yeah, so. I think it, it probably. I mean, my take is if it's available after that, it didn't sell as well because they buy up all this stuff in advance. So it probably yeah. just comes down to how well it was received. But yeah, I, it, it is one of those things. I mean, I, it, you know, you can make an argument Disney does it because they're trying to defend against the people that head over to eBay mm-hmm. to jack everything up. But it also messes it up for the people who are actually collecting things that yeah. this stuff's supposed to be like quote unquote special edition and then it's still out there like a month later. So yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they've done a much better job of, of cracking down on the limits and all. Like, I even know, I mean, even just in Galaxy's Edge, everything was one item per person. You know, so it wasn't that you could go in and buy two, you know, specialty shirts or something. You could literally right. only buy one. Yeah. And so they're really cracking down where we used to see limits. when You remember when those Funko Pops were going on sale even a year ago? The limit was 10 per person. And you could have a family of four technically walk in there and buy 40 of the exact same Funko Pop. Yeah. So what are they obviously doing with those? So I'm glad to see they are trying to crack down on it. Yeah. It's one of those things like I, I'm I under, like Disney knows that. And I understand that, too. This It's just one of those things where you have the innocent people who just want to get like, oh, I'll grab an extra shirt or I'll get this for somebody yeah. that's not here. And they can't do it because if they do add the one more in there, then these people are going to gather a group of 20 people and they're going to end up with 40 items. And it's just right. it's unfortunately I mean, you know. I, we I've stole back in college. I stole. I kind of had an eBay thing where I would go do stuff like that. But I think it hit a point where, like in Disney's case, it, it's such a, you know, when you're talking about touristy things and special editions, I think Disney probably wants to guard against that as much as possible. So I get it. Yeah. But of course, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, our next story: uh, new limited time fall pass holder offerings at Epcot and Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah, so uh, f- says here, fall is an amazing time, which it is, to visit Walt Disney World Resort, especially if you're a fan of the annual International Food and Wine Festival and all the delicious opportunities that pack the park during those months. AP's uh, planning, which is annual pass holders, planning to visit Epcot this fall, won't want to miss out on the special offerings planned exclusively for them. There are complimentary magnets and more, says Walt Disney World pass holders. Visiting the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival are eligible to receive a complimentary Chef Mini Magnet August 29th through October 14th and a Chef Remy Magnet October 15th through November 23rd. On the annual pass holder's fourth visit to the festival, they can also receive a complimentary Chef Mini Wooden Coaster Set. Each of these pass holder exclusive items can be picked up at Mouse Gear uh, or Disney Traders and are available while supplies last. Pass holders must prevent a, present a valid annual pass and photo ID, one chef mini magnet, one chef Remy magnet, and one coaster set per pass holder. And there are also some pass holder merchandise and discounts. So not only do pass holders receive a 20% discount on merchandise, but they also have been several festival items created exclusively for pass holders, including tees, caps, mugs, pins, and more. And pass holders can receive a 10% discount on Eat to the Beat concert series dining packages. And there is an also an exclusive gift card offer. When you know when annual pass holders purchase this one hundred dollar gift card, uh, this is perfect to use at the food and wine marketplaces, which we usually recommend doing that. Uh, they'll also receive a ten dollar digital bonus to use at select table service restaurants at Epcot, including uh, Akershus Royal Banquet Hall, Beer Garden Restaurant, Coral Reef Restaurant, Garden Grill, Le Cellier, and Rosen Crown Pub and Dining Room. And it says, and yes, pass holders will still receive a 10% discount at those dining locations. Uh, so this gift card can be purchased at Mouse Gear, Disney Traders, the Bridge Kiosk, or Port of Entry. Uh, pass holders must present, obviously, their pass and a valid ID yet again. And it says one Disney gift card can be purchased per transaction. And then it also says, beginning August 29th, additional annual pass holder opportunities will launch at both Epcot and Disney's Animal Kingdom. On August 29th, annual pass holders will be treated to special character greetings. Pass holders can meet Winnie the Pooh at Christopher Robin's room in the United Kingdom at Epcot. Don't know why they'd want to, but you can. Uh, While over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, pass holders can meet Baloo as well as Tarzan and Jane. Both parks will feature special Disney photo pass opportunities. 
Sip and savor time with other pass holders and enjoy pass holder exclusive hidden menus available for purchase at Disney Animal Kingdom. From August 29th to September 2nd, dip into Daiwa Bar, Thirsty River, Restaurant of Source Lounge, and Nomad Lounge from 3 to 6 p.m. And be sure to ask for the server for the special menu. And lastly, pass holders visiting Animal Kingdom can also pick up a complimentary Simba magnet from uh, August 29th through September 5th at the Discovery Trading Company. Pass holders must present, obviously, the photo ID and their pass at uh, at that time. So, a lot of cool AP stuff. Ooh, yeah, a ton. Um, we I know we have like a spreadsheet for that week, but is this stuff <laughs> on there? I'm gonna forget to like get things. That was I, the first I had heard about the special <laughs> hidden menus. That's really cool. Yeah, oh, those th- are some of my favorite places. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna add yeah. an extra little section on the spreadsheet for that week of all the things because that week's already a blur so this is our yeah. just gonna add to it but uh yeah i mean it seems like more and more which i was worried and i guess we'll continue to see sometimes when you know disney's not anticipating needing pass holders they kind of tend to like back off what they offer pass holders but yeah. uh it seems like they're kind of ramping it up so hopefully they don't follow the old trend they used to do of, of once they don't need pass holders they they just forget about them and then they come back to them when they need them and stuff like that so uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, last year it's similar to last year. Last year they there was the cutting board, yep. and so the the coasters, which which that you know it's pretty cool. And then the magnets are always a big hit. So I I do wonder if they will. I know they weren't really clamping down on people getting multiple magnets, because uh, obviously it's sitting there one per person. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Obviously, people will find out pretty quickly. But I know people will try. But we'll see if they enforce that or not. I suppose. Yeah, no, I'm excited about them. We have we've collected every magnet to date. Um, so we'll get now we there's three more. I really like I actually really like the symbol one. That's really cool. I wonder if we're gonna start to see that specifically park wide. Um, well, I think they know people love those magnets. I mean, anytime they, they have magnets that are available, I mean, and it, they're just mag- I mean, I'm sure Disney gets them on the cheap, but yeah. people love them, and I think that they probably found something that doesn't cost them a ton of money, and the pass holders feel you know appreciated, and they get stuff. So it's kind of a win win. Yeah. Now, what'll be interesting is, <laughs> do you think that they go back to the original magnet side, or they size, or they stick with the ones that apparently were a mistake, an error for yeah. Flower and Garden, and were bigger? What do you do? Do you go with the big one and be like, oh yeah, that was the plan didn't, all along? Didn't like they, bigger magnets? It didn't they do another set that were bigger though as well? No, I think it was just those last two. Was it what was it Daisy and Pluto? Was that Flower and Garden? Yeah, but I, I think that's the last. They may have been ordered at the same out. time. Yeah, I remember yeah. that they were way bigger, and yep. apparently that was a mistake. I yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting if they go back to the normal size. People are just gonna be like, oh, you yeah, chipped us. You really messed up. But, it looks stupid on my fridge, to be honest. When yeah, you've got all these nice, neat, lined up ones, and then you got these two weird, big ones. So I don't know. I might try and like remake them the correct size. Um, all right, next we're gonna go over to Disney Springs for a whole lot of food news um do you want me to do do each of these headlines separately and you'll just touch base on them real quick yeah we can do that uh okay. let me find um well, yeah first up is al Moy- i know i gotta pronounce words but i know you're gonna have to pronounce a whole bunch when you get into the article so i'm so, actually really excited bad. about this story <laughs> this is <laughs> almuerzo, almuerzo rapido fixed price lunch debuts at disney springs Halio, which yeah, i believe i the- pronounced that right we had a lesson in that one time. i think you- I think you might have. I think everybody that wants the show of Jared announce, pronounces I think it's menus Haleo. is going to be super happy here. I think it is Haleo, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, there's a new pr- fixed, uh, excuse me, fixed price lunch being offered at Haleo, and it might just be the thing that you're pr- if you're pressed for time during your day at Disney Springs. It says lunch in an hour the Jose way. Uh, it's twenty five dollars per person, uh, and you can add a glass of sangria. Uh, it says red sangria for five dollars. Looks like cava sangria for seven. I don't know what those are. If you're a sangria drinker, I'm sure you do. Uh, you can choose one from each section here has the here we go i'm gonna get all these are all this is gonna be terrible uh cro croquatas de polo i'm supposing traditional chicken fritters they have gazpacho estelo allegric allegric oh man al i don't even know some of these (laughs) cyrus i think all my i took four years of spanish i don't remember any of it so um I actually, I'll read, so I'll read the English versions a little bit. I'll try a couple more just so you guys can make fun of me because I know it's bad. But uh, they have classic chilled Spanish soup made with tomatoes, cucumbers, and peppers. Uh, and then there is an endives with goat cheese, oranges, and almonds, which is a endives con queso de cabra y nahar, naranas. <laughs> I am bad. I'm, I'm butchering the, the language here. Yeah. Um, got traditional Catalan bean salad with tomatoes, onions, black olives, and sherry dressing. Sautéed spinach, pine nuts, raisins, and apples. That's a separate dish. This is a espancas uh, a la catalana, maybe? This is terrible. Anyways, there's a whole... You can read all this and not hit, listen to me just butcher all these. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a prefix menu here. They got some dessert on there as well, and it looks like a couple of, of I think, side items you can get. So... Um, so it says here that uh, Almaruzo Rapido is Haleo's Haleo's I can't say new lunch offering, and it allows guests to choose from one item from four different sections of the menu. Uh, like we said, it's twenty five dollars per person. It's available from uh, Monday through Friday from eleven thirty a.m. until three p.m. So you can, if you want to try some lunch over there, you can check that out. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I like that they're doing that because we really want to eat there, but it's one of those places that looking at the menu. Rhonda and I would never get out of there for under a hundred bucks. Yeah, and right here you can get in and out of there for fifty and try a couple different things. It's I really, think it's a really that's really not a idea. bad value. Now it depends on how big the portions are, I suppose. Yeah. Which I'm sure they're okay, but yeah, I mean, especially given it's a newer restaurant, if they're trying to, I think they may be trying to get people in there. Uh, it's I not a bad, so. it's not a bad tactic, and I, we're seeing more of these prefix sort of menus around. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. You have this thing where sometimes you have so much choice, it's too much for people. Yeah. And I think sometimes yeah. you narrow it down, you simplify the pricing, you go, you can, like you were saying, you can come in and out of here for 50 bucks. Yeah. Try the menu, and then you're not. I think sometimes people get worried too about going to try a new place. You're going to get in there and you're going to be like, oh, this is way more expensive than we thought, or, uh, you know, whatever. So at least this way, it maybe takes that uh, anxiety away from people of saying, like, okay, I know I can go in here, whether by myself or somebody else here's the price what it's going to be and, and you yeah. know i think that's probably a smart move yeah I, I like it um next one is uh we've got some some dessert stories coming up so that's always good uh cookie dough food truck is coming to disney springs yeah disney springs is uh they, they're backing up the truck of getting some diabetes coming because uh there's <laughs> there's a lot of things here and we do yeah. i think we're going to try and, and get a lot of these or try at least so uh this is just announced a cookie dough food truck is coming to disney springs and they have been doing a lot more food trucks, which I'm all for. They've got the, obviously the mac and cheese truck that's been a big hit and some other stuff like that. Yep. Um, it says the food truck will be called Cookie Dough and Everything Sweet. 
will be located near the other food trucks at Disney Springs West Side, and the menu will feature several sweet treats that are also it says are so ready to try. And it's obviously there's some images here. Um, this stuff looks amazing, and I'm I don't even want to remotely know the calorie counts. Like it's like one of these looks like oh, a. Lord. Remember the Choco Tacos at Taco Bell? Yes. It looks yes. like yeah, it looks like a Choco Taco, but it's not chocolate, but it's got like cookie dough in the middle with sprinkles and whipped cream. Like that that to me is like what they try and do at this at the special parties, like the Halloween party and the Christmas parties with the waffles and ice cream, but it's yep. never quite hit home for me. This looks like that would be like the best thing if Disney ever tried to replicate that. But um yeah. says if you love tacos like i was just talking about here uh like we do we're you're about ready to get a whole lot sweeter the springs candy taco will feature candy monster cookie dough chocolate sauce whipped cream sprinkles and a cherry served in a waffle taco it says peanut butter fans out there there's a mini mouse taco uh might be for you this one will consist of peanut butter fluff cookie dough that sounds good caramel sauce whipped cream a cherry and a chocolate mini bow served in a waffle taco says here, if you're in the mood for a cold treat, you might want to try the Celebration Parfait. This will include Celebration Cookie Dough with Celebration Mickey Cake, Vanilla Custard, Strawberries, Whipped Cream, and a Cherry. You'll also be able to grab a funnel cake here. You can try Mickey or Mini Funnel Cake, which will be topped with powdered sugar and Mickey or Mini <laughs> shaped cookie dough. That one, I will bet you the carb count is well over 100 grams. I'm going to guess on that one. Yeah. Uh, Finally, for a simple cookie dough treat, you may want to grab a cookie dough cup or cone. You'll be able to choose from chocolate chip, peanut butter fluff, celebration, cookies and cream, candy monster, and cold brew. Huh. And it says, cookie dough and everything sweet will open later this month, and mouths are already watering. I will agree they are. So uh, you can check out the show notes. You see the pictures of that stuff. But we will we will try that. You know what? We'll do the hard work, and, and we'll try that for you guys. And we'll let you know how it is. You know, yeah. we, we do the hard-hitting things. <laughs> I'm and then we'll all take naps. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what it's going to take. And it's like, I mean, look at these pictures that they took. You know, I mean, these are, we'll see what the actual desserts look like. It's almost like somebody sat down and their initial thought was, we need something extremely social media Instagram worthy. And then they worked their way backwards. Because you're going to see yep. these all over Instagram nonstop if they really look like this. Because they're incredible looking, like, works of art. So it's it's going to be interesting. Um, have you have you done the edible cookie dough stuff before at other places? It's very hit or miss. I have it. Um, it depends on where you get it. So there's actually Walmart has some stuff that we tried that was like it looked like it would be in like a pudding okay. cup. Um, it actually was really good. Mm. It was insanely sweet. Um, usually they're very very sweet. We yeah. also um, one of the all star resorts had some cookie dough like that, and it That's was right. it was good. But again, it was like you could crunch, you can hear the sugar when you're eating it, like crunching in your teeth. So it was just yeah. extremely sugary. <laughs> but they're usually pretty good. This is one of those things where I think, like there is no way I could eat a whole thing of that on my own. Like I'd have yeah. to split it. Because I just, I don't, I like sweets, but I don't like to eat a ton of it. And I think, yeah, that's almost just, now they didn't say pricings. I'll be curious how much, how much these are. Um, but I kind of feel guess? like, oh you had man. you guess like what, one of those little, like that Minnie Mouse uh, cookie dough taco. What do you think that's going to run? <laughs> that taco to me is uh, six ninety nine. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, somewhere between there, and I I wouldn't be surprised if it taps out around ten. Some of them I could see going to. It's 10. hard to tell the I size mean, though. I know that's the thing. If it's yeah. huge, 
I mean, I gotta think of the parties. That that dish is is similar dishes like around seven, but that's in the yeah, parks. I mean, true. it's uh, Disney Springs, maybe a little bit different, but yeah, yeah I feel like all this kind of got started with uh, the the uh, what's it over at Universal, the the Chocolate Emporium place. They started these yes. giant shakes that have been Instagram worthy. And I think everybody has taken that model, and you, you, I think you're right. I think they go, okay, we need something that's gonna be awesome on Instagram. Like, what are we gonna? They just start throwing this. Okay, let's somehow make that work and i think that's what they do here which it's not a bad idea because you know magic kingdom's kind of been going in this route of just awesome treats in a way yeah i'd like to start we should start an instagram it's like an inception instagram where our instagram is us taking photos of people who are taking photos for their instagram and that's all it is so it's like it's us taking a photo (laughs) sneaking a photo of someone taking a photo of the Minnie mouse taco to post to their Instagram. We could also do like a vlog of another person vlogging. Like it's like, yeah, yes. we just start. Yeah, yeah, I like this. We just inception everything. Like the party within a party. And then within the party yeah. within a party, we also do an Still inception vlog inside of us. Yeah. It's just, we'll yeah. just we'll just right. get people all sorts of like not understanding what we're doing. We'll think about that. Um, yeah. If that was not enough sweets for you, like if you eat that whole thing and you're like, man, I really still need more dessert, uh, then you're in luck because Ample Hills Creamery is also coming to Disney Springs. Uh, Disney has announced a bunch of new locations coming to Disney Springs. A cookie dough food truck, like we just talked about, and a sunshine churro cart are both coming later this month. And just when we thought we'd received enough sweet new additions, we're excited to share another. And like Jeremy said, Ample Hills Creamery is coming to Disney Springs. And it says Ample Hills Creamery already has a location on Disney's boardwalk. Um, oh, that's right. I knew I'd seen that when I, I read this. I was like, yeah. that sounds familiar. Uh, says, we love stopping by uh, to grab handcrafted ice creams and unique flavors. The location uses ingredients like hormone-free milk and cream, and many of their mix-ins are made in-house. Uh, the new Ample Hills location will be located in Disney Springs West Side and will feature much of what you can already snag at the current Ample Hills location. It says, we're already wondering if they'll create a flavor that can only be purchased at Disney Springs. I could see that. Um, because uh, Boardwalk has their own flavor called Sally Sells Sh- Seashells, uh, flavor over there. Um, say that five times fast. It says we uh, blah blah blah. So yeah, basically, Ample Hills is coming as well. So you have plenty of us uh, if you if you want to have dessert. Disney Springs might become kind of a dessert central place for everything. I think it's sounding like it. There, I wonder if they'll start. You know, they do sometimes uh those like self-guided tours they do like the bourbon walk and they've done like they did the florida walk where you could go to each restaurant and get things i bet a dessert one comes out you know where you've got options at all these different places to get something i feel like if they do it they should end it with either you have the choice of like you can either take a nap or you can go work out which one would you rather do and just people just laying down like i'm gonna i'm gonna take a nap i'll be come get me in 30 (laughs) well uh well i think it's good that we did those first because now we're going to get into a healthier option coming to disney springs uh and that is beatrix is coming to disney springs who wants healthy food we want more churros uh (laughs) yes so there's no secret that disney springs has some of the best dining at walt disney world resort and anywhere in central florida for that matter uh within the last year they've opened two new restaurants wolfgang puck bar and grill and haleo by jose andreas both headed uh by james beard award-winning chefs i thought it said james bond for a minute um (laughs) says, we've got it all, Italian, Mexican, Asian, Spanish, and All-American, plus plenty of unique spots to cure any sweet tooth. Uh, but what if we told you we have more on the way? It says, that's right. We're excited to share the details about another restaurant coming to Disney Springs. Beatrix, owned by Lettuce 
entertain you enterprises oh get it mm. let it but it's spelled <laughs> lettuce yep. like yeah yeah that's yeah, fancy that's it's a chicago-based restaurant group uh, we'll open their first restaurant in Florida at Disney Springs Westside. Beatrix is your neighborhood restaurant, coffee house, and grab-and-go market featuring healthy food options including vegetarian, gluten-free, and vegan along with fresh-squeezed juice cocktails. The restaurant will also offer a bakery and full-service bar with a selection of all-American beer and wine. Executive partner and divisional president Mark Jacobs explains Beatrix represents the way people are eating today. It's that mix of health and comfort. Whether grabbing a cup of coffee or your favorite pastry or having a cocktail, lunch, or dinner with friends, it's your neighborhood meeting place. Uh, so basically, this place will go out of business. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be curious to see how this does because I'm not saying – as someone who eats – you know, I, I work out and eat rather healthy. I can't say when I go to Disney I'm looking to do that. Yeah. I don't know if how many people are. I, it, this could do well. I mean, if it's good food, it's good food. But Yeah. What what I what I'm confused about now it's not stated in this story but rumors were it could potentially replace Bongos but this doesn't this says grab and go market so it doesn't say it's a quick service it doesn't say it's a sit down but then they act like it's a place to hang out so I'm very I'm confused as to what it is if it's is it a quick service is it a sit down is it a some it, sort of hybrid? Yeah, it I wonder if it's one of those places sort of like a, a Blaze Pizza or Earl Sandwich where or well, I think Earl Sandwich has that. Well, yeah, if it's grab and go, that just means it's like already made though. Yeah, like those really nice. I know they popped up around here. Those gas stations that kind of have like those marketplaces inside of them that become the new right. thing. Um, yeah. I could see being something like that. That would make sense. Like it's more of a grab and go. You can get coffee and get other stuff like that. So maybe more yeah. of like a self serve type of situation. So maybe that Bongo's rumor is not true because it certainly would not need that footprint. It would need something much unless much they're going to remodel the whole thing. Like if they're going to have a bar, a grab and go, a place to sit, and yeah, a coffee, house. a coffee house. I mean, That's maybe true. they're going to use up the entire footprint. Yeah, because they'd have to. I feel like they'd have to tear that to the ground and start from scratch, unless uh, they're going to have pineapples heavily featured in their dishes. Because half of that building is shaped like a giant pineapple. I know. I know. So you can't just fit something <laughs> in there, you know? Like, how does the pineapple work in? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll it was do, here yeah. when we moved in. Yeah. Yeah. And they um, didn't put a de- They didn't put when this would be opening. So it makes me think that no. there would be maybe a lot of renovation going on or something. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, all right, next we're going to get into a whole bunch of uh, Star Wars and Galaxy's Edge uh, news. Uh, first one, reservations now available for Ogus Cantina, the Droid Depot, and Savi's Workshop. Yeah, so obviously starting August 29th, which is opening day, uh, says this one's for Ogus Cantina. Step inside the notorious local watering hole to partake in unique libations for all ages. Uh, says a local cantina where bounty hunters, smugglers, rogue traders, and weary travelers of all ages come together to refuel, enjoy music, and conduct meetings. Uh, says no questions asked. With an expansive, which maybe should be replaced with expensive menu of exotic <laughs> concoctions for young ones and adults, the cantina is welcome rest stop before your crew's next galactic journey. Uh, as you plan your next smuggling run, please enjoy some of bold uh, musical entertainment courtesy of Droid DJR3X, a former Star Speeder 3000 pilot. And it says the cantina adheres to proprietor Oga Garara's strict code of conduct, but patrons can be unpredictable, as they say. So just keep your head down and drink casual. Uh, and then uh, it goes into more about some of the stuff that it offers. So you can get, you can, like over in Disneyland, you can get reservations. So even though this is a sort of bar, you have to 
reserve your spot, basically. Yeah. Um, and we were actually able to get uh, two on the same day. So we've got one late morning and then one kind of later in the afternoon because we kind of figure we may need you guys. I think your time limit's 45 minutes. Uh, so, you know, we figure between live streaming and taking pictures and all the other stuff, we may need extra time to cover it all. So, uh, yeah, that's, but yeah, you can get that now. See, we got Droid Depot as well. Uh, the same thing, reservations for Droid Depot and the lightsaber, um, uh, building. Uh, there's not much to say. I mean, I, I think most people know what these are, but we'll go through it real quick here. Uh, you can assemble a custom Astro Mech unit. Is it visit a workshop stocked with parts, chips, manuals, and other tech items useful for constructing your very own droid? Uh, one of the galaxy's most indispensable sidekicks. Uh, first, register your choice of the BB-8 series unit or the R series unit with the clerk who will provide a basket and blueprint for parts. Next, proceed to the following stations and begin your droid building experience. Part station is to select a colorful way, a variety of components to customize your droids as they roll by on the shop's conveyor belts. The BB series, there's dome, dome connection plate, body sphere, motivator. R series is a dome, body, center leg, and set of side legs. Then there's the build station where you'll follow simple placemat instructions or graphic monitor displays to assemble your droid in the proper sequence. Once complete, your droid will be paired with a remote control and activated as you watch it come to life. This is $99 per droid unit. Carry box and instructions are included. It says various personality affliction chips and other accessories are available for an additional charge. Uh, this is age recommendations are three and up, but I'm assuming you could probably take one in younger. It doesn't say it, it specifically restricts anybody younger than three. Uh, the experience area is limited to the builder and one guest. At least one person in the party must be age 14 or older. Only the builder will be allowed to build a droid. The guest of the builder may not build a droid. And it says custom astro uh, mech droid units are non-refundable and are not eligible for annual pass holder or other discounts. So that's on the droid side. Yeah, that's interesting. It's still interesting, the price to me. <laughs> you know, after seeing them in person. Yeah, and, and talk, and we're, we'll talk about the lights over here in a minute, but I'm actually more, I think the droid thing sounds kind of cooler to me. I think it does. What Here's here's the way I look at it, because we were able to walk in and watch people building them, and I didn't get to like hold a droid, but looking at them, they're, they're hard plastic. It yeah. doesn't appear that there's any sort of like metal or aluminum or anything like that. It appears they're all hard plastic. I think the price really breaks down to you're paying forty nine ninety nine for a droid, like you would off the shelf, and then you're paying fifty bucks for the experience. So, yeah. and that's what I think people need to look at. Don't think a hundred dollars for this droid. That's ridiculous. I mean, it is a lot, but you really think about the experience that you're paying, because it is a fifty dollar remote controlled droid. Otherwise, right? You know that you could probably buy somewhere else throughout Disney and all. So I think that's the way that people need to look at it. Um, but they look, it looks really cool. I like the customization and the – I mean, what it looks like, it's basically like Build-A-Bear for yeah. Star Wars. I, w- I will be so. curious to see the custom personality chips, what they're yeah. charging for that. And what, what the – I mean, starting out at $99, what could the max be? Like if you spent all out, are we talking right. 200 bucks? Yeah. Are we talking $300? Yeah. You know, that will be interesting. Yeah, much like a Build-A-Bear. Yeah. You know, Build-A-Bear is like, hey, these start at nineteen ninety nine, And you're like, well, I want this this clothing. And I want this voice box, and I want this stuffing, and I want this and this. Like, okay, well now it's eighty nine ninety. Right. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I don't have that. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, yeah. Well, then we'll talk about the obviously the lightsaber here, which is Savi's workshop and hand built lightsabers. And like we said, you can get your reservation now. Uh, so 
basically here you can assemble uh you basically build your own lightsaber uh, it's through sabi's workshop uh, it says here that um, travel to Black Spire Outpost where a group known as the Gatherers ushers you into a covert workshop packed with unusual parts, whimsical pieces, and malicious, uh, excuse me, miscellaneous memorabilia collected from the far reaches of the galaxy. Under the guidance, uh, under their guidance, excuse me, you can construct your very own lightsaber and bring it to life through the power of kyber crystals. Builders beware, you must protect the shop's secrecy to avoid being discovered by the First Order. Once your lightsaber is complete and it says purchase is required, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> like, I have to pay for this? Uh, you'll be ready to embark on a new incredible adventure uh, and then assembling your lightsaber here. It says, meet one of Sabi's gatherers outside his workshop where you'll choose one of four available hilt themes and receive a clausinine. I don't know what that word is. Clausinine. Clausine pin. I don't, anyways. I don't know that to, word. I, I don't either. Uh, to identify your selection. Themes include peace and justice. Power and control, elemental nature, and protection and defense. Uh, the gatherers will now help you select the heart of your crystal, the kyber crystal, which is available in red, blue, green, or violet. Next, begin assembling your hilt. Parts will be provided based on your theme and the pin, whatever that word is. Each box of parts includes one hilt, four sleeves, says you pick two, two emitters, you get to pick one, two pommel caps, you pick one, and two sets of activation plates and switches, and you pick a set of those. Upon hilt completion, the unused parts will be collected by the gatherers and returned to Savvy's inventory. These are not included with your lightsaber package. Finally, the gatherers will masterfully connect your hilt to a 31-inch lightsaber blade so you're ready for anything the galaxy puts in your path. Uh, this is $199 per lightsaber. Payment is due upon arrival at the location. One lightsaber per builder per experience. Carrying case is included. Additional customization items can be purchased at Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities. Ages uh, says recommended five years and older. Like it's same thing as the droid one. One builder and one guest, and the guest cannot do anything. Um, <clears throat> says custom lightsabers are non-refundable and are not eligible for annual pass holder discounts either. So, and something to note too, TSA actually did come out and say the droids and the lightsabers you can take as carry-on or put in your luggage. So, you shouldn't have any yeah. issues flying home with these things. Do not put either of these in your luggage. No. <laughs> I would not. You're just asking for it if you put a $200 custom-built lightsaber in your luggage, you're asking for that thing to be broken or stolen. Yeah. Like, you might as well just put a sign on it that says break me oh yeah well we had like jamie had with some nice luggage and we got back on one of ours and i mean the whole wheel was just i mean the whole yeah. thing was busted like they do not treat luggage softly so no be no. be weary of, of yeah putting that stuff <laughs> in your your uh I, I like i said i would do carry on for sure and then they should you shouldn't have any issue with that plus your normal bag i think so it, it seems like yeah. they're letting that go through what, what do you think about these the lightsabers in general and is this something that interest you i know you said you think you're probably more interested in the droid experience but i'm interested in both it's interesting to me that the lightsaber i mean i know we talked about the pricing like the pricing is based off demand i think yeah. um you know i'm curious to see one in person i mean i think i don't know if i'm gonna do all these i know we're gonna intermittently all of us kind of do these so we may i don't know we may switch off on who does what but because i don't know if i can travel back with both a droid and a lightsaber but uh, you know i could try i suppose um I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. I think the whole, like you said, I think it's an experience. I think you're, that you're like you said, it's not that you're paying $200 for a lightsaber. You're paying 
you know, probably $100 for a movie-like replica lightsaber and then $100 for the experience of, you know, yeah. this secret thing, building it and, and all this stuff like that. And, you know, I think that's probably the best way to look at this if you're trying to – if you're thinking about doing this and you think the price tag is kind of like you're not really sure. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Like you're spot on. Um, more news inside of Galaxy's Edge. VIP tours will be allowed in Galaxy's Edge on opening day. Yeah, there was some uh, debate, and that Disney hadn't said whether this was going to be the case, but it seems like it, that it is. So it says, we are able to confirm with Disney that VIP tours will be allowed inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios on opening day. This is in slight contrast to Disneyland, where VIP tours weren't allowed into the land during the few weeks, first few weeks of operation. Disneyland, however, was a unique situation in that they had a reservation-only period for the first few weeks of operation, where guests needed to have a reservation to even enter the land. Uh, there will be no reservations required at Disney's Hollywood Studios on opening day, but the land could still reach capacity. Instead, regular guests will be able to join a virtual queue at the landfills to capacity and be asked to return when their boarding group is called. Guests who have purchased a VIP tour will be able to bypass any wait to get into the land and will not be required to enter the, enter the virtual queue. Once you're inside the land, you'll be able to bypass whatever wait there is for Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. While there is no traditional FastPass Plus line, VIP tours will still have a FastPass type experience, meaning they will have they will have to wait 10 to 15 minutes and not be forced to go through the regular line. It's not front of the line access, but the wait is minimal. Uh, so just like any other attraction covered by VIP tours throughout Walt Disney World. Another potential bonus is that guests on VIP tours will be able to bypass the main bag check area and use a backstage entrance if they are picked up by their VIP tour guide outside the park. Uh, one thing to note is that while you won't have to wait for entry into Galaxy's Edge or for Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, VIP tours will not be able to get you in the front of the line for other special types of experiences like building a lightsaber, Ogus Cantina, or I'm assuming they didn't list it here, but the droid uh, experience as well. And, so, and finally, the price. Because of how far out in advance VIP tours uh, releases their prices, opening day of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is actually priced at their lowest tier, only $425 per hour. Uh, if you've never done it, a VIP tour at Walt Disney World is worth noting that each tour can accommodate up to 10 guests and the pricing listed is per group, not per guest. Disney told us that they set their prices before they knew the exact opening date of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, they also told us that there is still availability to buy a VIP tour, VIP tour for opening day of Galaxy's Edge. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that is. Now... But this is this isn't a, a Galaxy's Edge VIP tour. This is still just the Hollywood Studios one, but it will allow you inside Galaxy's Edge, correct? <sighs> correct. The initial thought was, it just wouldn't let you in there. Okay, that that makes it sound better, you know, because when you see like you don't get, they should have included Ogas, I think, at four hundred twenty-five bucks an hour. I mean, I know that's not a lot if you break <laughs> it up among ten people, but man, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. You can't even get into, into Ogas for that. Something to know, and we looked into this because we had an idea within the, the the Facebook community about doing this. I believe the minimum time is six or seven hours you have to purchase. Yeah. Um, so if you did have ten people at that price, you'd be looking at roughly almost three hundred dollars per person. So yeah, whether or not that's worth it to you, you know, plus you, park admission, right? If you, know, if you know if you needed to purchase that, yeah. Um, I mean, it, if you think it's going to be nuts, I mean, you can make an argument of spending three hundred dollars could be worth it i suppose i mean it just yeah. depends on how busy um you know all this stuff which leads me to think if disney's allowing this that they're not anticipating insane crowds 
Right. At least to me, because I think if you were anticipating these insane crowds, you would be limiting, well, we're not going to have this VIP tour aspect to this. Right, of 10 people walking through. Right. Uh, and, and given how, I guess we can talk about real quick, like we were able to book Ogus Cantina twice, both yep. lightsaber, the droid experience, uh, without, I mean, we basically got whatever roughly time we wanted. I mean, from, yeah. I think our, our stuff starts at around 1030 a.m. and spaced out to where I think the last one we have is like at 350. So I don't know. I mean, I'm very curious to see just how busy this is going to be. I, I'm sure there's going to be quite a few people, but I, I wonder how many people have put off trips, like you said, waiting for mm-hmm. it all to be done or whether it's like I'm avoiding that is going to be insane. I don't anything to do with it. So I, I don't know. It would be one thing to spend all this money on a VIP tour because thinking it's going to be nuts and then you're like, and oh, didn't really need it. <laughs> I know. God, how mad would you be? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like, yeah. I mean, and a lot of times I think if if you had the money to do this, this might be something you'd be doing anyway. You know, so I, you know, I don't know if right. there'd be a lot of people like you and I who all of a sudden go, look, we probably would never spend the money on this, but we're going to for Galaxy's Edge. I don't know how many of that there are as opposed to somebody who is already going to do a VIP tour at Hollywood Studios. They would already do it. And now they're like, oh, well, that's cool. That's a bonus. Um, yeah, but now I've realized I, d- I saw a VIP tour guide there yesterday at Galaxy's Edge. I wonder if she was there training to like you know make sure that she knows everything and can because that's part of it too. You know, is the ability for you to ask them questions and then give you you know knowledge and trivia and advice and, and things about the park. So I wonder if she was there training because I it, thought it was odd that I saw one there. And it's not like she had a group with her; she wouldn't have needed to. Yeah, it's possible. So. I mean, that part would be cool to really get in depth. Like, okay, this brand new land. Here's all the stuff that went into building it. Like, if you want to yeah. really get immersed in everything and go in there and, and that I'm sure again, if you have the money to bu- spend for this, I'm sure they would make it worth your while. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just wonder how much, I mean, I wonder at what point if, if you would spend all day in galaxy's edge or something like that, you'd be like a couple, you know, four, maybe hour, five hours in there. You'd be like, okay, let's go check out some other stuff. Yeah. And go do the rest of Hollywood. Yeah. Studios. Yeah. Um, okay. One more uh, galaxy's edge story. I'm actually really excited about this story because I'm a nerd. Um, Cosmic cooking with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. The official Black Spire Outpost cookbook is coming. Yes, has now opened at Disneyland Resort and soon to be open at Walt Disney World Resort. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is themed to the brim with new adventures, family, friends, excuse me, familiar friends, and of course, intergalactic eats. This immersive themed land is set on the never-before-seen planet of Batu in a place called Black Spire Outpost. The remote trading port uh, serves as a busy crossroads for smugglers, traders, and adventurers traveling the outer rim, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it says, you'll also soon be able to exp- uh, to, uh, to bring home a variety of new recipes and cooking traditions from the all-new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge cookbook. This book is the ultimate source for eating out-of-this-world meals and treats from Black Spire Outpost and beyond, inspired by the stories and cuisine found in Disney's biggest single-themed land. The cookbook is written from the perspective of Strano... Cookie Tugs, former head chef at Maz Canada's Castle on Tacodana, I think. I don't remember that one. You thought you were past the. I thought I was past it. Always gets me. (laughs) It says after his time uh, at Tacodana, I think. Don't get mad at me, Star Wars people. If I get it wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, Tugs went on to operate a food freighter known as Tugs Grib, a traveling diner for diners traveling. That's what it says. Interesting. Serving countless planets from across the galaxy, he now boasts an encyclopedic, I guess that's how you would say that, knowledge, this is getting me today, of the galaxy's culinary delights born of decades of travel, research, and a love of the 
hollow vids of the legendary chef Gormanda. In the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge cookbook, Tug's first cookbook, Star Wars fans will find a wealth of delicious intergalactic recipes designed for home cooks of all skill levels. Uh, says it will be published by Insight Editions and a co-authored by Chelsea Monroe Castle, uh, an author of several best-selling medieval fantasy-themed cookbooks. That's a thing. I didn't know that existed. Wow. <laughs> so, and the award-nominated writer and editor Mark Summerick, whose work includes Hidden Universe Travel Guides, The Complete Marvel Cosmos, and Guardians of the Galaxy, Creating Marvel's Spacefaring Superheroes. Um, it doesn't list a price. So, no. don't know about that. I'm going to say $29.99. Wanna, if it's hardback, it's going to be probably like 70 Oh, that's true. I didn't think about hardback. Yeah. If, I don't know. But yeah, if it's a hardback version, at least 50 to 70 would be my guess. That doesn't yeah. say... Um, it doesn't say if it's available... Excuse November me. It's, no, yeah, November. Yeah, so it's going to be in Christmas. Yep. So... I'm really excited for this. I This is actually, I think, a cookbook. If it's not ridiculously priced, I would buy. I never go buy recipes. I just like to, like, just cook. Um, but I could see actually doing this because the, the food that they're doing inside of Galaxy's Edge is very different and inventive. Um, yeah. I think this could be this could be pretty popular. I think this would be this will be something cool to, to get. Um, I'll definitely pick one up if the price is right. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I like to cook things and you know make it make it at home and make it more interesting instead of just eating the same stuff i usually eat so it'd be interesting to see we'll see what it comes out with and prices and then we'll probably one or both of us will pick it up and maybe do i don't know maybe do a review on it in club 32 see how it is and what's in there and all that stuff yeah then you can at home you can make your own tip yip i mean who who hasn't wanted to make their own tip yip at home i want to make my own as fun to eat as it is to say be like (laughs) i want to make my own blue milk how do i make blue milk guys not why not with milk? Surprise. That's apparently so not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, final uh, regular news story: Disney announces twelve dollar and ninety nine cents bundle for Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, and Netflix is scared to death. That wasn't in the headline. I just added it. Yeah, I think they kind of uh, they're trying to go for a death blow on Netflix here. Uh, yeah, they announced the bundle: Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for twelve ninety nine a month. Uh, says the bundle will offer. Uh, all of its three streaming services, uh, like we said, twelve ninety nine per month, starting on November twelfth. Uh, the company previously hinted at a bundle for all, all three services, but Bob Iger made it official during the company's investors' call. Uh, says the bundle is cheaper than or on par with competitive streaming services, including Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. It's also significantly cheaper than HBO's Max's rumored streaming price of sixteen or seventeen dollars per month. Hulu is currently available at $5.99 per month with ads. Uh, ESPN Plus costs $4.99 per month. ESPN Plus is the Disney-owned sports streaming platform which carries hundreds of MLB, NHL, and MLS games. Grand Slam Tennis, Top Rank Boxing, PGA Tour Golf, College Sports, Rugby, Cricket, Full Library of ESPN Films, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And they are also now the destination for UFC fights, which is kind of why I think they're doing this because this is kind of the new home for UFC, which is, you know, That's huge. is big. Yep. Uh, it says Disney has no doubt has hopes it can make up for the lack of sports center and other banner shows from ESPN, the cable network. Uh, the bundle will include the standard ad supported tier of Hulu, not the more expensive non-commercial plan or Hulu with live TV. Presumably Disney will offer a way to upgrade to those pricier Hulu subscriptions. Uh, it says 
there are a few other questions that went unanswered on the earnings call. Disney Plus, for example, will eventually launch in international markets. It's unclear if that will be the same for the bundle because of the regional issues with content. Hulu, for example, is not available in Canada, but Disney wants to bring Hulu to international markets as well. Uh, the big question is ESPN Plus. Again, because of regional licensing issues, Iger told investors the company doesn't have anything to announce right now in terms of markets. It says most of the interest, uh, interest from investors, however, was still on Disney Plus, and Iger spoke quite a bit about uh, Disney Plus during the conference call, referring to the service as the most important product the company has launched in my tenure. Um, let's see. The streaming services is likely to be available through Amazon, Apple, and other distributors. According to Iber, Disney has not finalized any deals with the aforementioned companies, but told investors we feel it's important to, for us to achieve scale quickly, and we think it's going to be an important part of that. Uh, and they're all interested in distributing the product. Um, da, da, da. Disney's goal heading into the consumer direct-to-consumer space is ultimately to provide a ton of content in three distinct areas. And not a lot much else they're saying there. Um, yeah, so at twelve ninety nine for those three things, uh, it's still cheaper than just Netflix. I know. Yep. Yeah, they've they've got my money. That's for sure. I was gonna, and we've already got Hulu. We canceled Directv recently, just with the announcement of Disney Plus, and I was gonna add ESPN Plus for Duke basketball. You know, come like September October. So I mean, God, thirteen bucks. That's everything that our family needs. Yeah. Plain and simple. I mean, That's I crazy. think Netflix is now 15 per month of 16, yeah, something least, like that. I think so. 15.99, I think. And Netflix I'll is have to check my account cuz we're yeah. still paying for it. Well, they <laughs> just they just raised the prices. And Netflix's problem is they have a debt problem. I mean, they've gone into yeah. billions and billions on debt to to make their original content. Uh I don't see I I I'm I'll put it this way. Netflix is probably pretty worried. And I would say I've read similar things that they're kind of leveraging for a buyout would be my guess. Um, I don't think Disney would do it if they did. Comcast? It's possible. I mean, I don't think Disney could do it because I think they'd be hit with potentially Monopoly stuff. I mean, they would own so much at that point. Um, Comcast is one that comes to mind because they're wanting to start their own as well. And if they could pull in Netflix on top of whatever they've got, that's a pretty good competitor to – to Disney, the Disney Plus, but the problem with that being all the debt they have, like what would they buy it for? Yeah. So if they right. bought it, they would almost have to, there's going to be a certain price point and Disney's whole thing is they have all these IPs and all this stuff that they just own and so like they, Disney could treat it almost, I'm sure they're not, but they could treat it almost as a lost leader and not make a ton of money because they're trying to get you to just be into the Disney sphere, but right. It's interesting. We'll see. I mean, I, I, like I said, we're on board with Disney Plus as well. As soon as that launches, I mean, I, I'm at the point where I, I don't even hardly watch Netflix much anymore. Um, I know. And so, and they're losing like The Office and some other shows like that. So, it'll be interesting uh, to see once that launches and what what Netflix does in, in the months, you know, soon after that. Yeah, I yeah, I would not want to be uh, be working there. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a well, I wouldn't want to be a shareholder. Is part of it too. That no. would. Oh, I mean, I don't I don't man. see that going well. No, not at all. Uh, that is, that wraps up our regular news. Uh, we do have one rumor. Um, and is that that a fifth park coming to Walt Disney World? Yes, the fifth park, which we've all basically assumed is going to come and, and just a matter of when, especially since Universal announced theirs. They, just, they, they announced a name and some vague artwork, basically. But they still announced it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it says, in the happy blur between now and the D23 Expo, 
Uh, we'd like to discuss a rumor that has been percolating for nearly a quarter of a century, uh, but it's so central to the whole reason that Walt Disney bought all that Central Florida swampland to begin with uh, that I don't think it, uh, that I don't think it will ever fully die until it actually comes true, and the conditions are just right to speculate that right now may be just the time that this rumor gives birth to something more concrete. Uh, with last week, Universal announcing its epic Universe theme park, which is said to feature themed areas like Super Nintendo Land, Universal Monsters, and a third Wizarding World, among others. This announcement comes just as Disney is ramping up support for their upcoming D23 Expo, where the company usually announces new developments, lands, and attractions for their worldwide theme parks. Possibly Universal was hoping they would be able to steal some of Disney's thunder just as Galaxy's Edge was opening in Florida as well. Uh, the mere existence of the studio's park proves that Disney can be reactive on a grand scale when faced as a threat to their Orlando theme park crown. It was built and opened on a rushed schedule to beat Universal Studios on an uh, on, own Florida opening, which that is very true. Uh, when Disney's Animal Kingdom was in the planning stage, guests were asked if they would be less likely to go to Busch Gardens if the park was actually built. And it says, note... Uh, this author says I was one of the guests who were shown that presentation and given that questionnaire in 1995. Uh, there are still two weeks or so until D23 Expo. Enough time to react to the announcement of this epic new theme park if they so desire. Uh, though Disney has likely known Universal's plans nearly as long as Universal has. The question is how? Uh, will Disney stay above the fray and just continue along with its projects we've already heard about? Will they make additional lesser announcements such as individual resorts or attractions and let uh, what they already have go up against Universal's new park? Or will they step up to the challenge and announce a whole new fifth theme park to stay far ahead of the competition? Uh, Universal calls their Volcano Bay Water Park a theme park, so they will be crowning that they have the same number of theme parks as Disney. The announcement of a fifth gate would keep Disney ahead in the game. That or calling Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon theme parks, which I don't imagine would go over too well. Uh, back when Universal purchased 750 additional acres of land near their Orlando resort, it was pretty clear they were working on a resort expansion, and Disney purchased over 900 acres near Walt Disney World as well. And while that land may or may not be actual development, it will allow Disney to offset some of their preservation and land management obligations so they can build closer to the heart of Disney World. Uh, the pieces of this old rumor are certainly burning hotter than they have in the last few years. Uh, so yeah, so this, this article is more speculation and it's stuff we've mm -hmm. talked about as well, but we want to put it in here to, to just discuss real quickly. Do you think that we are looking at a new park? Like, do you think Disney is going to announce it at D23? Because we know it's going to come, but what do you think the timetable is? Yeah, I, I don't think they're announcing it at D23. I think you and I are kind of both on the, the, same timeline where we think D23 is going to finish up everything they've been doing in Epcot, Hollywood Studios. Um, they're gonna, I think they're going to talk a lot about the 50th anniversary in two years for Magic Kingdom. I think that's what this is really going to be focused on. Um, I, I, I can't, I, you just, you can't announce another park's coming when Epcot. You know, we still don't know the future of Epcot. Um, now, like you've mentioned before, there's an announcement of a park, and then there's a. <coughs> hey, this is when a park's opening. Right. And we don't even know that for you. Universal's, this park could open in five years, ten years. We have no idea. They didn't say anything. They're just saying we're going to have a park. We want to get this news out before D23 so that people remember us. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think so. And then I, and then part of me almost wonders, would, would that fifth park have to be a Marvel-based superhero park 
which therefore they have to get all the rights before they can do that. Because otherwise, there's not a need. There's not a need for a fifth park. I don't. For me personally, I think you keep expanding on the current four and making them the best they absolutely can be the way that they've been doing. I don't. I don't want a fifth park unless it's a Marvel park myself. Yeah, I mean, you brought up too. A fifth park means it's going to be even more expensive. I mean, the prices are going to go a fifth up. Ticket. AP yeah. is going to go up. Everything's yeah. going to go up. So. I think part of it too, like I, if I'm, Di- I always put myself in the shoes of like, okay, if I'm running Disney, I don't get caught up in this whole Universal trying to say that the Volcano Bay is a park and now we've got oh. we're gonna have the same number of parks as you. Like yeah. I don't get caught up in that. I'm like, first off, I don't think no. people going on vacation are like, well, they both have the same number of parks. Like I think oh, it just right. comes down to what you're offering, experience, attractions, all that. So I would, I would let you know if Universal wants to play that little game, let them. Um, yeah. But I agree. I, to me, it doesn't I, – I, I would not want to make the announcement now because I feel like then they would be like, oh, and Disney announced one too, and take the focus off yeah. of the 50th coming up. I think Disney wants the focus to be on the 50th. Um, yep. So talk about – I think they're going to announce a whole bunch of things that they're going to do as enhancements to, to current attractions for the 50th. I think that's going to be mm-hmm. part of it. I think they'll announce more stuff for Epcot. I would love to see some more stuff – over to animal kingdom uh so to me it makes way more sense to do that and then two four five years down the road and very well disney can know universal is not planning to build this park for like seven years so then they've already announced that they've kind of already you know took their shot and disney can set back then they make their announcement they go like they did with the galaxy's edge we're going to build a star wars land and we're going to start construction in three months and they did like when they announced it they said They announced it at D23, and I believe they had started construction on both coasts by October. Yeah. So, to me, if I'm Disney, I go that route. I go, we, we yeah. get everything up to snuff. You've got the you've got Galaxy's Edge momentum. You've got all these things. Plus, after all the money they've spent with Galaxy's Edge, and so far, I'm sure it'll make its money back, but the uncertainty like Disneyland has been way less crowded than normal. I think they're probably worried about Disney World. I don't see them wanting to spend a whole bunch more money if they don't have to. I, I think right. they'll want to recoup costs from Galaxy's Edge before they look at expanding into a new park. And yeah. like you said, what would you expand it to? Like Marvel yeah. makes the most sense, but the problem with Marvel is that Universal holds that. Yeah. So Universal, like, you know, whether I I, I hope in, in one day I think we'll see it, but I just don't know when eventually that Universal will acquiesce those rights to Disney in some manner. But yeah. as of now, it's kind of war and yep yeah yeah it is well i think by the first weekend of opening with the prices at Oga's cantina disney may recoup their money just, <laughs> just there because it yeah is, it is insanely priced um but no no you're right they they can't i mean i a fifth park's always going to be in the back of their mind but if you literally announced one before you have any idea the overall results of galaxy's edge on both coasts really i mean they don't even they don't even know how successful Disneyland is yet because people are still forgetting that cast members were blocked out, pass holders were blocked out. Yeah, it's mostly a locals park. More people are going to try. I don't. I can't remember what the percentages are, but on the entire right half of the United States, that population outweighs the left half, the West Coast, by ridiculous amounts. So the majority of people will go to Walt Disney World, not Disneyland. So yeah. I, you know, I definitely think we're going to see something different here. Um, you know, you and I have talked about some of the things we're seeing. It might not be as crazy as everybody thinks, but it might. 
I just I don't think they can take Disneyland and say that Galaxy's Edge was not a success over there or that Walt Disney World's not going to be a success. But it's going to take them some time to see what that looks like. And for them to say, we just did the biggest land expansion ever. We just spent the most money we've ever spent. We don't know how it did. Let's open a fifth park. Yeah. It, yeah. There's, just, there's zero way. Well, and I think, too, you let Universal say this, and everything's so vague. It, nothing's led to believe that they're going to start construction in 2020. I mean, they haven't said a word. So if I'm if I'm running Disney, I'd say, okay, let them, even if they started construction now, like let them. And then when we announce our new park, we'll announce it and we'll, and we'll start soon and we'll have the awesome stuff. But I wouldn't be any rush to do it. I don't think there's, I think Universal has all of the reason to try and rush this, to try and act like they're matching what Disney has. And Disney has reacted to Universal. Obviously, Galaxy's Edge wouldn't have gotten built if it wasn't for Harry Potter stuff at, at Universal Studios. I mean, we can almost, yeah. everybody can agree on that. Um, so they will react to that, but I don't see at this point that they need to. Um, yeah. And I think Galaxy's Edge alone with other stuff they've got and this stuff that they got planned for like Epcot coming, I, I don't I don't see them needing to do it. Um, but yeah. I think, I wouldn't be surprised... I'm sure within the next 10 years, I'll put it that way, that Disney will announce a fifth park, which you could say is a pretty like loose and open timeline. But I think that's when we, any time in there, we would see it. I just don't think it'll be in the next two to three years. Yeah. Would be my guess. I, no, I agree with you there. Yeah. I always find it so funny, you know, Universal saying well, we have four theme parks and all. I've compared that, and this is where I'm going to, I'll get hate mail, but um, I always compare Disney is Apple and Universal is Android. You know, I mean, there, there's... And even down to the people that are almost fans of them, you know, because Universal does a lot of things sometimes first. I think Disney, while they do them later, they do them better. Android users are always trying to point out that they already had something that Apple comes out with. Right. And they care, but App Apple users don't care. Every time I go, you know, my phone has facial recognition now, an Android user, like, pops out of the bushes and is like, we've had that for two years. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I don't care. Yeah. And he's like so worried about it. Like, but we have had it for two years. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? I've had it for two years. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. And, and to me, it's that's the way the universal Disney is. I think you're right. I think Bob Iger's going back, going, <laughs> did they call Vol Volcano Bay a theme park? Seriously, that's hilarious. Oh, all right. What's next? You know, right. and he just moves on. Like, yeah. I don't think he cares. Um, so I do find it. That part very very funny. Well, so and you and your hate mail to yeah, your analogy is good because I mean you could say Apple may take long to come out with something, but when they come out with it, it's a finished and it's a yeah. solid. Usually, usually, I mean, well, Maps was a little part. iffy when it came out, but it's usually pretty solid and and works great. So yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good analogy. I mean, we, you know the the new roller coaster at Universal has oh, Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid's had tons of delays, oh. and that's not a good. I mean, getting something done quickly is good. If it works, and when it doesn't, right. it almost invokes more anger because people yes. are planning trips around something that they can't. Even, I mean, I knew a couple of people that went down there and they never they got stuck on it or they didn't get to ride it, yeah. and they planned yeah. entire trips to go there. So I don't think that's a good look, and I don't think Disney wants that. So to me, you know, you can make the argument Disney's taken too long to build stuff before, and maybe they have, but I think if if it works when they get done, that's a good thing at least. So. Yeah, but yep. we no agree completely. Yeah, but uh, that that does wrap up our our news and our rumors <coughs> as well. Yeah, so I, I imagine we won't see too. I'll be surprised if we see too much more coming out before D twenty three. But um, yeah, yeah. Before we go, we just want to mention. And, and speaking of, of Galaxy's opening week, uh, 
our coffee sponsor on the network and for the Galaxy's Edge opening week is Expedition Roasters, who are make they, they make fine coffees, great coffees even. Uh, they're Disney themed. They're they're pop culture themed. Uh, they have coffee. They have teas. You get T-shirts and mugs as well. So and we worked out the new deal with them where instead of the one time. 20% off of your first order. We now have it where you get 15% off of every single order. Uh, so if you use the promo code CTM15, lets them know that we sent you, first off. And then second, you save 15% off of every single order you get. So you ultimately save more money uh, and then lets them know that we sent you over here. And, and they've, they've loved the response you guys have had, uh, our listeners. So we want to thank you for that. And, and uh, they're, they're good people. And uh, we're just going to continue doing some cool stuff with them. So check them out. ExpeditionRoasters.com, uh, promo code CTM15. And just want to mention that we, uh, earlier in the episode, uh, if you're interested in or heard about us talking about Club 32, this is our kind of private club. Uh, instead of a Patreon, we kind of decided to do our own little thing here. And it's essentially a way for us to uh, do more content. People ask us for more content, more shows, and, and stuff like that. So it allows us to do that. Uh, in return, you know, you join a club, you get some you know, free t-shirts, you get discounts, you get live streams, you get all kinds of stuff like that. So we think it's a pretty even exchange. We give you a bunch of stuff in return. It helps us continue to grow the shows, uh, you know, upgrade our content, do more, you know, when we go do food and wine festival, most of that stuff we're able to review for you guys, let you know how it is because of club 32 and other things like that. So it allows us to try things out for you guys, uh, let you know, for instance, like the, the parties and the Halloween parties or whatever it is. So when you go on your trip, you don't have to spend $200 or $400 on your entire family. You can know beforehand if it's going to be worth it or not. So uh, that's kind of the way we look at that. So uh, if you're interested in that, it's ctmvip.com. And, of course, you can join the DizDudes live streams every Monday by being part of that as well. So go check that out. And uh, I think that's all I've got. So anything else you want to add about what we talked about, Jeremy? No, I'm all good. Thank you again for uh, letting me join you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Or as I should say, as Jamie likes to say, We will see you next week, but as Jimmy also likes to say, we will see you guys in the parks. 